What's up, everyone? I'm your host, KJ Allison, and we're back with another episode of Not Even D2. This episode features Darius Hopkins, former standout player at Utica University. Darius currently plays professionally overseas in Italy. Hear about what brought him to Utica, how he developed to one of the best scorers to ever play at Utica, and how he plans to use basketball to give back to younger kids in the future. Appreciate you all for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. We're here with my boy Darius. How we doing? Super excited to have you on, by the way. I'm good, man. Appreciate you. I'm excited to have this happen. I know we've been trying to plan this for a few weeks now, so it's good to finally get it going. Yes, sir. So you're from Florida, where there are zero Division three schools, and I want to hear about what impact your decision to want to come play uh, Division three at Utica University. So it was uh, really the whole, like, recruiting process and just how things happen. So um, I was talking to some local schools, um, some in Tampa, some in South Florida, um, you know, other, just other schools in the South. And um, just, you know, things either fell through or communication fell off. And um, Coach Coffey has seen me at a, a camp, I believe, um, up in Boston before one of my AAU tournaments. And um, the communication started from that point on. And um, around the time I started taking visits, um, I decided to uh, take a visit up to Utica. It was uh, funny, I actually was visiting a school in Manhattan called Sarah Lawrence. And uh, my mom and I, we got there, we started walking around, kind of like, "Mm, nah. And uh, on some like last minute, like, I mean, Utica's, three out three and a half hours up let's just drive up and just see what it's like and then we could fly back and you know and so actually when uh I got there um it was like a like really warm welcome um I got to meet the team and I like the team atmosphere I like how you know coffee was uh coach coffee was conducting things and we had looked online at the school and we saw like the record from the year before like improved drastically so we're like okay it's looking like he he he's knowing what he's doing. So after the visit, um, I had a really good feeling after that, uh, and it felt like the best fit. I wanted to go somewhere and play right away. I wasn't trying to go somewhere and sit in the bench and uh, go through any of that. So everywhere else um, was going to require me to go prep. Um, University of Navy was telling me to go prep. Uh, you know, places like that. So. Um, I ended up at Utica, and that was the best decision I made, honestly. Yeah, I respect it. And, and Coach Coffey's been one of the witness coaches in our region. He's always got good teams at Utica. What is it about the culture that he's building over there that allows Utica to be so so good every year? Uh, the first thing that he built it on was accountability. Um, my first year there, it was uh, just holding yourself and others accountable on the team. And so in order to do that, it had to be a sense of maturity. Um, and from there, he he cultivated a player-led program. So, you know, he's the, he's the head of it. He's going to run everything. He's going to have the decisions, blah, blah, blah. But when it came to certain decisions, um, he would sit back and let us communicate and figure things out. And because of that, we were forced to grow through a lot of situations. And um, you just kind of see the results just kind of unfold. 
in like bigger moments in games, we were able to uh, put our heads together and, you know, he would have what he needed to say, but we would also have a big part of, of timeouts or decisions or plays or even, you know, sometimes like, okay, hey, sub this person in to run this. And um, it, it proved out to be like very successful. Still is. They still win yeah. it. Now nah, you could definitely see that coffee, obviously he's the head of it, but he does give you guys a lot of freedom. And I think that that really helps some of your guys games allowing you just like, Oh, you, you're on an Island, go work. Like we don't need to run a structure play every single possession. We're going to let you guys work out a little bit. So definitely respect that. Yeah. That was a, another big thing is he, um, he is a former pro. So um, he understands uh, certain or a lot of basketball, it isn't plagues like you know you'll have your your quick hitters and you'll have your structure and but after a while team scouts you plays break down uh people cheat plays what can you do after that play breaks down to make something happen and so his um biggest advice to like me for example was um I'm not going to water down your game, but I'm going to give you certain structure and rules to live by. And um, you're going to be better off. Your numbers, your percentages will be better off if you live by these rules. And so all you have to do is buy in and you'll see how the efficiency will shoot up. Your averages will go up. And um, the more that he can trust you, the longer that leash is. So that's, that's definitely something that's been like extremely helpful for me and a lot of other people in the program. That's that tough. So you played in the Empire 8 at Utica and ton of great teams, great players. Do you have a top rival that you battled against, whether that's a player or a team? Um, it started off as Fisher because that was his former team. Um, as we got to like my sophomore, junior year, it became Naz and it's has been that I, to me, I think that was the most personal game um, that, yeah, that we played. And I, I can't really say it's like a, a rival, like one-on-one player, but just as a, as a team in a program, it was definitely nice. Was it like a, a beef type of thing or it was just always competitive battles? It was just always extremely competitive battles. And that's nothing to take away from Fisher. Fisher is also a really good program, and those were always great battles. And you know they they got us last year in uh, Empire Eight and in the semis, so they definitely know what they're doing over there. But it's just like with Nats, it was just an, an extra an extra added layer of like you know it's respect, but like I don't want to lose this game. I don't like you. you know? <laughs> like. I, I cannot lose this game. Like, so um, I think last year, my, my, my fifth year was the first time we've, we've ever beat them, I think twice in um, the regular season, home and away. And like the, the game uh, at their place was, was crazy coming down from, I think it was like 10 points or like two minutes left. And it's, it's just that extra added tension to those games. I just, yeah. They're definitely a top rival. Yeah, that's tough. During your time at Utica, you you won the Empire Eight, you won league titles, you won Defensive Player of the Year. You also played in the NCAA tournament. 
what was the locker room vibe on what was more important um, throughout the years, whether that's winning Empire 8 or getting an at-large bid for the NCAAs? Um, the first step was winning a conference championship. Um, and then once we experienced how that was, it was like we wanted another. And we fell short in a uh, you know, back-to-back year about one point, and that hurt a lot. But it, it was that was the goal each year. It was like, okay, let, let's go a step at a time. Let's get a conference championship. Let's just try to get that automatic bid. After getting to the tournament last year, um, which I'll be honest, it it did kind of shock me because if I thought it was going to be a year we made it, it was going to be the year before. Um, I feel like we got snubbed. I feel like a lot of people in the committee did. So um, that one surprised me. But I was very, like, grateful that we got to that because that was, like, the last, like, big box to check because, you know, we, we've been saying we want to get to a term, we want to experience that. So, um, but the first goal each year is an Empire 8. Like, that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to win conference championships and, and stamp that as a program legacy and then get to the tournament. Yeah. We'll dive in more into specifics on those games when you lost by one. But right now, I want to hear about your fourth in Utica history and points scored and – I want to hear about what allowed you to be such an effective scorer. Uh, I feel like it was a mix of things. Um, you know, I, I stay in the gym. I love the game, um, like, deeply. And I have a lot of joy and fun in the process and getting better. Um, I feel like it's, it's not many things um, in this world that's better. That's a better feeling than feeling yourself improve at something and seeing it like unfold on the court, like, you know what I'm saying? You will understand it like, oh, I just been working on this and you see it happen in the game. You, know, you kind of run back on defense like, oh, that was, was kind of tough. I've been working on that. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a great feeling. But uh, he, he gave me the keys um, and he let me grow. My freshman year, um, uh, I came, I think, yeah, second in the freshman year runner-up. Um, or freshman of the year um, race. And after that, he was like, uh, you know, I, your minutes have been down this year. Um, I was just playing around with lineups to see how things are, but I'm not going to do that next year. I'm going to just give you a set amount of minutes. And if I, you know, see you're doing what you need to do, those minutes will increase. Um, and uh, I came back that year and I stepped into a bigger role because, uh, Avery Carson, he had got hurt early um, in the season. He, he tore his ACL, so he was out. So I was asked to step up. And um, from that point on, it was just – it kind of went from there. Me and uh, Coach Coffey's trust just bloomed. So he definitely played a huge part in that. He allowed me to be me. He didn't take any parts out of my game. Um, he, he let me keep that tough shot maker side of me while – teaching me how to play team ball and making the proper reads. And, um, yeah, I, I believe that's what led to um, the, you know, personal accolades. And although the personal accolades, I had great teammates around me all, all those years. So it, it definitely makes it um, easier when, you know, Kobe Lufkin and, and Hamlin and Chris Green and, you know, a long list of names I can kick the ball up to and teams got to respect them. So, yeah. One thing I always respected about your game is you're effective at in the ISO game and you can really like 
get to any spot you really want to and, and rise up or get to the cup. So what are you looking for when you're in an isolation situation? Um, I first thing I do is I check the help side and see where the help is, see where the openings are on the court. Um, that'll kind of tell me uh, which way to attack. So once I check that, I look at feet and defensive positioning, um, how far is somebody off of me? Um, did they react to, you know, certain jab steps a certain way? Uh, are their feet really solid or are they very, you know, happy feet is what we call them. They, they jump around a lot. Um, and that's, you know, just uh, the things that I look at initially. And then I think of uh, as I go and process the game, okay, where where are the soft spots? Where have I got my shots off if I've gotten any off right now? So um, I, I store all that data. And then that's what I, uh, I look for in any ISO situation. So if they're backed off, if I can get them to back off a little bit more off of a, off a hang, I'll pull up. Or if I know I can get by them, I try to set them up, change the pace, and just blow by them. So, yeah, it's uh, it's like very small things. But the very first thing I check is the help side because I need to know where help is coming from and how to determine the direction I go. Yeah, I do want to talk about that hang move a little bit. It seems like you're when when guarding you, I always felt like your feet were always moving. So when you're when you're dribbling and your feet are moving, I'm thinking you're gonna go to the cup every time. So I start playing off a little bit, but you got that hang in you to rise up. So do you think that that's your mo your go-to move or is that just something you saw from me that allowed you to rise up? It's definitely something I get to a lot because it's a change of pace and it gives me time to read. Um, I would say my go-to move very heavily, at least at Utica. Or my yeah, my go-to setup was a double between the legs. That was my a lot of my situations. That was my first go-to move was a double between the legs, and I would use that to read the help side and go from there. Um, but I, I the hang was in a lot of situations. It just it's so many reads off of it. I can hang and I can attack. I can hang crossover, hang pull up. So you could just throw it into anything so it's it's definitely something i've worked on for years um and it just kind of just comes out naturally yeah fast forward into a different topic uh are there any games that you wish you could relive during your college career oh man okay so i could go back and, and relive either of the tournament games um although we lost that last one against ron like the atmosphere the the meaning behind it the uh the skill level of it like Rome was a really good team that was something that was extremely fun um that game against Babson was really fun uh even that home game last year against Nas was extremely fun um for me I felt like I was just very comfortable in a different mode from the moment that game started uh so yeah in recent memory um those would be the games that I would revisit in a heartbeat. Uh, but I feel like there's if I if I think about it a little bit longer, I feel like there's other games I I, I can pick out here and there. I was like, yeah, I would definitely play in that yeah. game. And then are there any games that you look back like, dang, that that's really disappointing that happened, or like your biggest disappointment? Uh the championship game against Nas, that one hurt a lot. Um 
And although that won't hurt a lot, that was also a, a very fun game, though. Like, it, it might seem, like, contradictory, but, like, the comeback, the crowd being into it, fighting all the way back, taking a lead, like, um, my teammates having my back, like, when I, I kind of got into that mode, like, telling me, like, hey, bro, just go. Like, we got you. Just, you know, we're going to play defense. We're going to hit shots. And, like, when you get the ball, rock out. Um, so that was a very fun game to play, but that was a very, uh, just like just disappointing. Um, that one definitely stung the most out of really any loss. Just, and that, uh, that was your senior year, right? Yeah, that was my senior year. So that was, uh, Kobe had just, uh, got injured. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Playing, playing against you guys actually. So he, he had got hurt. Um, and that was a huge loss. So it was like we're trying to bounce back off of that. We're trying to make history going back to back. First conference tournament at home. It was it was a whole lot just stacking on to each other where we just we wanted that one bad. Yeah. So when Kobe goes down with that injury, are you guys switching your style and trying to work with the five that's on there? Or are you trying to keep the same style and just go out and win? Uh, we, for the most part, we kept the same style, except going in the half, uh, Coach Coffee was like, okay, um, well, he, he pulled me aside after he talked to everybody, um, <clears throat> because Kobe couldn't miss the first half. So when he goes down, it's like, it's like, oh, okay, like, oh, shit. All right. So we, we just lost a, a major part to our team. Um, me and Kobe was, you know, it was like this close, like crazy duo, crazy chemistry. So it's like, all right, so we lost that part. Um, coffee pulls you aside and it's like, I need you to go. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> so I just looked at him, I, I got you, say less. So I, if I remember correctly, I think I left the first half of like six points or something like that. Some, some very calm, four, four, six points. I only took a few shots, was just playing defense, playing my role. And then, um, second half of the, I, I left the game with like 24, something like that. You just, you just, cut me loose like go you know go get it so we definitely we worked with what we had um it was just a you know a next man up mentality but at the same time you know coach was like I, I need you to go put the ball in the bucket so that was really you know one of the um, main offensive adjustments he um started calling more quick hitters and, and sets uh for me um in actions you know that had me on the same side strong side and uh yeah he he I got a rhythm, and once I got going, I was like, all right, let's just keep stacking up stops. So, Yeah, and after you guys lose that game to Naz by one, do you think that influenced your decision to come back for a fifth year, or was that already in your head? No, 100% influenced my uh, decision to come back for another year. It was like, uh, so the whole year I was talking, um, you know, going pro, like that was the goal. I want to go overseas. Uh, you know, trying to get all the film I needed. And um, I had the film, I had the numbers. Uh, and it was just, after that, it was like, yeah, no, I got to come back. I can't leave on that note. Like, I could not leave on that note. It was just, it was too much. Like, I, I, I was, I didn't sleep, like, comfortably for a minute. I don't know how long it was, but especially that same night, like, I'm sitting straight up just, like, staring off into nothing like bro one bucket just one bucket one bucket I replayed that last play in my head so much it was it was a uh it was a hammer screen for me um actually uh Chris was supposed to come off a ball screen 
supposed to be a, a hammer screen for me to catch in the corner and shoot it. And I saw as soon as they were uh we was getting ready to mail the ball, saw that denying me the ball. I should have I'm sitting here thinking like I should have just went and got the ball, told everybody clear and, and, and live with the consequences, make or miss. Uh, you know, I'll carry that on my back. It is what it is. Um, but then the other half of me was like, just listen to coach, he's got something drawn up. And um, I mean, we just it was just a mislayup, mislayup and a tip attempt that just rolled around and fell off. So yeah. yeah. Nah, that's crazy. But let's take a quick break real quick. All right, so you currently playing professional in one of the top leagues in Ireland. How do you think that Division Three prepared you to play professional basketball? Um, D3 prepared me in a lot of ways. Um, just being able to come in right away and play just let me grow out of a lot of, uh, you know, bad habits or, um, yeah, bad habits that I might have had coming in and then getting the proper coaching uh, with good coaching staffs for years allowed me to build up good habits um, offensively and defensively. Um, and it's just there's hoopers at every level. That's why I try to tell people there's a lot of people at D3 who aren't Division three basketball players. That's just where they ended up. So um, I felt like I've run into a lot of competition like that. So I felt like it it, it isn't much I haven't seen, um, you know, especially just being from Florida um, in general, growing up and, and seeing – people jumping out the gym and, and dunking and then I'm getting to Utica and I'm still seeing the same thing. So it's like, it, it definitely um, played a big part in preparing me for professional ball. Yeah. And do you think that there's different st a different style of basketball overseas or is it about the same basketball, just, just different type of players? Um, overseas, it is different. It's, um, but it depends on where you're at. Um, so in Ireland um, and even other like similar countries, um, if you're an American in a lot of situations, you're told to just go get an isolation bucket. Like you, you got to go score the ball. Um, literally no other statistic means anything but scoring. Um, and then, you know, other teams will look at assists and, you know, steals and uh, defensive ratings and all that. But um, the biggest thing is scoring. So, uh, you know, iso ball is and in, in certain situations is king. you. And how's your game been so far? Uh, it's been good. I've been I'm top five or six right now in averages. Um, in the league, I'm averaging about twenty five. Um, in the last month, my last four games, I've uh, been averaging twenty eight a game. Um, I had a a forty one point game a few weeks ago, so. Um, it's been good. I've adjusted. Um, I've gotten into a good rhythm and I've seen a whole bunch of defensive coverages. Uh, but that's another thing, just going back to just D3 preparing me, like I'm playing the Nazis, playing uh, Alfred, playing Fisher, you know, playing even uh, Kuka, seeing different defensive styles there with zones and uh, different ball screen coverages and you know, all of that, the whole nine. I, I, I send them down. I've seen it all. So it's like when it happens here, it's like, oh, I've seen this before. This is how you beat that. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I feel like that's a beauty of Division Three, but specifically in the E8, like, there's really an identity for each team. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get. I go to Utica, I know what I'm getting. I go to NAS, I know what, what they're going to play. Like, it, it's really 
crazy. Yeah, it's uh each team, yeah, that's probably that's really the best way to put it. Like everybody has their own style of play, they're gonna stick to it, and it's like you're either gonna stop it or you're not. Like Fishers run the same two guard offense for the five years I was there. I can literally walk through it right now. Um <laughs> like through the scout, same with Nads with the dribble drive and um, I could even walk through with you guys running with the high lows. Like every school has their own identity. So it's like you really see it all. It really prepares you to, to for, for anything going forward. Yeah, that's a fact. And then finally, what's like your end goal with basketball? And even after that, when basketball is no longer an option. So the end goal for me is just, you know, play for eight to nine years minimum, um, stack up as much money I can from it. Uh, and, you know, acquire as much knowledge as I can from, you know, wherever I end up. I hope I end up in numerous countries and maybe, you know, hopefully even back in the States at some point. But um, the end goal is to take all of this and uh, just provide kids with an opportunity uh, with a, a gym to get in the gym, uh, provide them with training um, so I can I can feed them the knowledge that I know, um, you know, uh, me and my best friend for years, we've been asking or really like praying like I hope I wish you could run into you know this and, and run into that and it's like you know in, in recent years in the last two years we have we run into former pros um people who knew people uh people who had the expertise and you know the gym access to help us improve our bodies and you know our skill sets and, and, and the whole nine yards so um and that's really been a blessing but I want to uh build a gym uh and, and just you know take a, a, whole, a whole bunch of kids in, in Tampa or wherever I'm, I'm living at. And I just like, okay, like, here's a ball. I'm about to give you a whole bunch of knowledge. I'm about to help you build your bag. I'm about to give you game-like scenarios. I'm about to give you a safe space to come in. You know, now everybody here is family. You know, basketball, you run into people. Y'all become family from no matter where you, you know, no, no matter where you're from. So that's what I want to do. And uh, so that's really one of my, my biggest goals with this. Yeah. I love that, and I respect you. You got a good head on your shoulders for sure. Appreciate it, bro. Um, we got to end this episode with a little rapid fire and starting five edition. Let me know when you're ready for rapid fire. Let's run it. All right. Your favorite food? Favorite food? My dad's homemade spaghetti. Heard you. He does anything special with it, or you just always always mess with it? Uh, I mean, you know, he does the, the ground beef instead of the meatballs. So like, you know, the, you know, he it's, I don't know that, that, uh, pasta sauce is crazy, but I ain't gonna lie. He throws a little pinch of sugar in there and it's like, it ain't nah, too much, but it's the just sugar is, is what gets it. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I respect yeah, it. yeah. A lot of people don't know about the sugar, but that sugar in there. Make it, yeah, That's bro. a fact. All right. Your favorite song right now. Oh, favorite song right now. Uh Walking Minute by Lo Shimmy. Oh, you it's it's a it's a Florida thing, bro. I don't know if you heard I was it. About to say, I don't know that. You don't know hey bro, when you, you put it on, you're gonna hear the beat, your body gonna start moving, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your body gonna start moving, bro. I promise. That's my favorite song right now. Heard you. And um favorite NBA player. Uh Damian Lillard. Damn. Okay, I, I could kind of see that. You know, why you like yeah. that? Yeah. I, this starting five edition. So basically, if you were coach of the team and you were assembling a starting five, who would you pick? And this edition is going to be your Utica teammates throughout your career. 
and just give a little like sentence or two about what you respected or what made this teammate so good. All right, so at the point guard, I'm going Chris Green. Chris Green was an absolute dog on defense. Probably you could throw him on anybody, um, and he's going to give him hell. He was probably, honestly, one of the most annoying uh, defenders that I've gone against. The only other defender that I will put up there, may he rest in peace, my young my young man's Bamba, because uh, he was six eight with a crazy wingspan and, and could move all over the place. But at the uh, one, I'm going to go Chris. Uh, two, I got to go Kobe. Uh, Kobe had a ratchet and was shooting from the moment he got over half court. Um, I will always, every time I go in the gym, like, bro, I'm the best shooter in this gym, but Kobe was going to shoot the ball better than me, bro. Like, he, he just was. Like, Kobe, Kobe is extremely consistent from three. And he could create his shot off the dribble. His turnaround fadeaway was – it was patented, like Kobe had that his bag down packed. And uh Kobe was good defensively too. He was a dog on defense. So he that was probably an underrated aspect. But um he has a very like high defensive IQ. I'm gonna throw me on at, at the three um yes, on the left side. So we got that combo going. The fourth spot. This is where it gets tough. Um <laughs> you got a tough decision, I'm not even gonna lie. It, it's it's a very tough decision because of all the people that have come through Utica who played at this spot. It's, you know, Avery is extremely crafty. Avery could score the ball. Avery was a really good passer. Um, underrated on defense. Um, it's between Avery and Tommy. Just off the strength that Tommy, when Tommy gets going, he was going to shoot the lights out. Um I've seen Tommy go games where he's like 11 for 13, but like he, he you will look up and it's like, you have 33 <laughs> and it'll be like, Oh yeah, I had yeah, 33, bro. And it's like, why are you at, you had 33. Stop acting like this. Like you about to piss me off. Like you had 33, bro. So um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go with, I'm gonna go with a Rito on this because when it, it came down to, I feel like a lot of the, uh, situations well like my my junior year we won it was they they went back and forth but i'm gonna go with avery there and at the five i gotta go big ham big ham literally he he won us the uh conference chip my junior year he i'm not even joking subbed himself in the game he took coffee i'm going into the game with that's great and, and score like, 10 score 10 coffee for because like most coaches probably be like yo sit, sit down like <laughs> you don't run this team <laughs> yeah most coaches would be like yeah exactly that like uh-uh what are you doing he got to the scores table coffee looked at him Turned away. He went in and scored 10 straight. <laughs> and that, that won us a championship. That's so, um, yeah, that's the five. And then, um, at you know, honorable mentions, I'll throw in Tommy. Um, I would throw in Tommy. I would throw in Dayon. Um, and I'll throw in Justice. Justice was... Um, but healthy justice is, is a very, very, very good. He, he wasn't healthy for like 95% of the time he's there. I believe he's fully healthy now. Um, and so he's taking on a bigger role. Um, and Dayon is that's that's like my mini me. He's he's the sophomore right now, like in the same position I was my sophomore year, but he's getting to it. No, that's tough. That's a good lineup for sure. And um, is there any way like are there links and stuff to your games? 
playing over there in Italy? Yeah, there are links. So we play on basketballireland.tv. Um, I think it's like 45 or something for the whole um, – you got to pay for account because then you get access to every single game. Word. But, yeah, there are there are links. And then, you know, it's a five-hour time difference. So we play at like 7, usually 7.15. It's sort of be like 2, 2 hour time. Now I'm going to need to tap in for sure. I like what I got you. I got you, bro. I'll send you that link. You know, you can uh, see how the game's looking. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely something. Heard you. But I'll do it for another episode of Not Even D2. I appreciate your time, my boy. Appreciate you, bro. Definitely glad we did this. I definitely, you know, had a good time. enjoyed myself talking ball. And yeah, I mean, yes, in my mind, whenever we could, we could do this, whenever. That's valid.